I'm Annie. I'm Cece. And this is Spela Golf. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Good. This past week, I started watching Suits on Netflix. Okay. Have you ever heard of it before? Suits? I've heard of it, but I, I never watched it. You should start watching it. It's okay. so good. What episode are you on? I'm on, well, I should say I started it. I think I started it two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I'm on season three. Uh, it's stop. only I'm like, let me catch up so we can talk about it. <laughs> hey, All at right. least I'm being productive and I'm crocheting as I watch the show. Okay. Megan Markle is in there. Yeah. Megan she's Markle. So pretty. Oh my gosh. I know. I love Megan Markle. I know. Yeah. She's, she's so pretty. Even though she's not really a main character, she's more on the side she's more of a side character but when you start oh. watching it i thought you were gonna say side chick <laughs> i was like oh the princess <laughs> what a nice way to be a side chick <laughs> oh, but it's just good it's just it's just i don't know i like it lawyers arguing all the time i know it's just uh, fun fact about me if i wasn't a golf instructor i would want to be a part of like swat um undercover all that but i did talk we had a, a friend well, actually, my husband used to be a police officer here in Gilbert. And with his friends, I'm like, oh, I want to be undercover. And they always told me my teeth were too nice to be undercover because I was like, if I'm like on the streets, you know, finding like, you know, drug dealers and all that. And they were like, no, your teeth are too nice. You can't. <laughs> that would never like happen. Wouldn't work out. I know. I was like, oh, I'm so disappointed. Like thinking that I'm actually going to be like SWAT. <laughs> but because you have to be an American citizen to be in any type of law enforcement. So interesting. Yeah. Passed that on February 1st of 2019, <laughs> 11 days before my daughter was born. <laughs> so we actually had the same last name by the time I became a mom. Oh. Fun fact. Oh my gosh. That's I cool. Know. Anyway, so if you see me in a SWAT Halloween outfit. That's dream. actually my dream. Dreams come true. <laughs> yeah, dream Who knows? True. Maybe 25 years from now, you're like, yeah, I'm going to go into SWAT. I'll be like I 60. Think, I, I did it. I can't imagine that. No, no, not allowed. Uh, that's funny. Uh, how Anyways. about you? Anything? Um, well, I would say, I, I would like to say that fall is here, even though it's still hot. But I think like when this when the kids go back to school and you start your routines, I'm such like a routine person. I love routines and I need them to be happy. And so I've made some some pretty nice goals, made some decisions about how I want to move forward in my career. And so I'm just I'm happy. I feel good, you know, just kind of getting my thoughts together, managing my brain. That's like your <laughs> It's like your, brain. your quote. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, like summers just get a little like messy. You know, it's like nice because most people have vacations during the summer. We don't because that's when we make most of our money in the summertime. Um, but yeah, summers are a little messy. So when it's finally time to just like, okay, kids are back in school, we're back in our routines, then I can manage my brain a little better. And I'm just like, okay, I have a more clear vision of what I want to accomplish. Yeah. So I feel good. I feel great, actually. That's awesome to hear. So today I wanted to talk about situations that, uh, how to get out of bad situations when we're on the golf course. But also, I know there are shots that we fear. I know that we're not supposed to have any fear, but I know that I am put in situations of, 
I don't know what to do. It's like, for example, yeah, give me an example. An example would be, I'd say it's a bunker shot from sixty yards, and I have all these other bunkers in front of me too, and I start to tense because I'm like, do I put for a sixty yard shot? Okay, do I use a pitching wedge? Do I use an A wedge? Or you know, what am I supposed to do? That's like one situation for like those sixty yard bunker shots because greenside bunkers. Oh, I know exactly what to do, and it's easy. But then you back me up then I have a hard time with those situations. So why would you say that greenside bunkers are easy? Because the green's just right there and it's just short when I feel like I have to do a pitching, like a full. So how do you do a greenside bunker shot? What's your mindset? Um, I just do my routine, open the club face, dig my feet into the ground and just come down at the ball. Okay. But it's like, I don't want to come at the ball or the sand, the sand, (laughs) the sand, not the ball. Please don't come down at the ball. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, cue school. Here we come. Uh, Yes. And so I don't, I don't know, just like those 60 yard situations. I'm, I don't know. I think I tense on what to do because you can't come behind it too much or else you're going to chunk it. And I don't want to thin it. Like, so that's one green side bunker. What's the drill that I had you do in the bunker? This was a while back. How many balls did I make you hit out of the bunker? A hundred. Yes. How many times have you practiced a 60-yard bunker shot? Not enough. (laughs) Not enough to be comfortable with it? No. Right? So what would you do? Here comes the next part of that. Practice. Um, Step number two. If you want to chunk the golf ball, where would you put it in your stance? Front. Front. So that's when you want to chunk it, which means in the bunker, you're going to take a lot of sand. So if we're trying to hit the ball first, where would you put it in your stance? More towards the back. There you go. Now you're going to hit your 60-yard shot, not chunking it, not taking sand. Boom. Got it. And I (laughs) guess I'm thinking another situation. So what if our tee shot ends up in the trees? How do we avoid getting a triple bogey or a quadruple bogey because I feel like sometimes we try and pull off these trick shots from the trees Mm -hmm. like how do I know oh do I take an unplayable do I do like what situations how do I and how do I mentally not get frustrated after I have a blow-up hole I think that's where I feel like I've been because sometimes after a blow-up hole or after that one shot from the tee box it might be the two yeah um, I'm asking you I say blow up hole. Okay. Not really. So we don't shot. know it's going to be a blow up hole just because you hit one shot behind a tree, right? Yeah. Okay. So you hit this one shot behind the tree. What are your options? You can hit it through the branches, under the rock, through the water, hit a cloud, and then drop it on the green. Or you can just punch it out to the fairway and keep moving forward. Which one would be safer? Punch it up. Back are you out. sure? Because yeah. hitting it through a rock and that can happen. (laughs) Small percentage, right? So one thing I did when I was coaching a college team was that I did exactly that. I took all the girls and I put them behind a tree. And I said, you get to play this ball. The first one, you play it how you would play it. And then the second one, I'm going to tell you how I want you to play it. So it was exactly that. We, I put them not like directly behind the tree because I wanted there to be an option for them to hit through the branches, under the rock, through the water to make it on the green. So if it would have been directly behind the tree, the, that option wouldn't have existed. 
And every single girl wants to pull off this perfect shot. So they're like, I promise you, I can make it through the branches, through the rock, through the water, and then just kind of fade it into the green, right? And they tried it and maybe one out of how many on the team? 10, one out of the tan, 10 was able to make that happen while the other nine hit the branch and dropped three feet in front of them or hit the rock, bounced to the left out of bounds on the other side. You know, there was just so many different ways that that happened from the same exact situation, right? Mm -hmm. And then I asked them to play my ball and I'm like, all I want you to do is just take a seven iron, punch it out, hit like a little chip shot out on the fairway and then continue from there and be okay making a bogey because you messed up. So how are we going to save this hole and what can we do to save it? Because the chances are you can still... If it's a par four, you hit your tee shot behind a tree, you punch it out, that's two, you get it on the green and three, and you one putt, that's still a par. So yes, you might not be able to make a birdie unless you hold it out from the fairway, but you can still make a par and worst case scenario, you're going to make a bogey. But we all want to like hit these perfect, amazing shots that no one's going to remember because if you mess up, then you're going to have a blow up hole. So you're trying so hard to fix something that you did in the past that you're not thinking through what's actually the better option. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And that goes for everything you're trying to do. Yeah. Because it's not that hard to punch it out. No. All you got to do is have structure in your arms and your body. Keep your form and just punch it out. For bud shots. I remember um, when we used to do junior camps, um, we would set up cones and you taught seven-year-olds how to do punch shots. We would set up the cones like in the baskets because they had to knock it down. Like punch shots, I feel like are a yeah. really key thing to learn. Called it Angry Birds. Golf. Yes. Yeah, we built castles out of baskets and then we put piggies that were cones in the baskets. So you get to build a castle mm-hmm. and then you have to get the piggies down. So you have to hit the baskets for the piggies to fall on the ground. <laughs> It's a great game because they love it. But from like a teaching perspective, right, I'm teaching them how to hit different types of shots because not every shot is going to look like a rainbow. No, it's not. (laughs) Right? So if you have the knowledge of, okay, if I need to get under this, what do I do? Okay, I'm just going to put it in my back foot, deal off the club and have a low exit, which just means keeping the club low to the ground. This ball is going to stay low. That's awesome. But if you're trying to hit a high one and there's a branch in front of you because you don't know any other ways of hitting this golf ball, yeah, percentage-wise, pretty high that you're going to hit that branch. Got it. And yeah. to score lower, we got to get rid of those blow poles. <laughs> yes. But that's I, I think most of that comes from that one shot that you messed up on and trying to almost like make up for that when you just have to accept that, okay, I messed up. How am I going to move forward from this? And I'm thinking too, most of the time, if I mess up on a tee shot, where did that really come from? I was uncertain on the tee box. What club did I really want to use? Because this happened last week at Torreon on cabin course. I was playing hole 13, no, hole 11, par four. It's a short par four. And I'm like, well, do I cut across and do I use a driver or do I use a three wood? So I use a driver. 
and I tensed up and I flipped my hands and I went into the trees. And so I had a pun and then I hit another ball just for practice and I hit a three wood right down the fairway. Yeah. And so because I guess part of me is like, oh, but if I would have hit my driver better or if I hit my driver, I might be able to only get on the green from 100 yards because it's a shorter par four. If I use a three wood, then I'd have to hit it from probably 140. Mm -hmm. So I guess I just have to be okay and decide on the tee box. I don't know. Because I probably could hit a driver right down the fairway. But I don't know. I think that's that self-doubt when I'm on the tee box. Because I don't know. I still feel like at times I'm stepping on the tee box. Like when I played, when I talked about last week's tournament. And I still want to try and guide the ball away from, oh, there was a fairway bunker on the right. But there's also one on the left. So I just want to kind of guide the ball instead of just hit it. Because I think my worry in the golf swing, we've talked about this. You know, you swing out to the right. But I think if something's on the right, I'm scared to do it because I don't want my ball to go way right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's that fear. Yeah. And, and it's different for you because you know how to control your ball flight a little better. But for someone that doesn't know that. So, for example, if you step on the tee box and you're hitting your driver and you truly felt like that was the best choice and you just missed it, that's it. You don't have to analyze it more than that. Okay. I turned my hands because I was afraid of hitting it right. So I turned my hands, I changed the club face, and now it's pointed 90 degrees left. And I went, I snapped hooked it into the trees. Get over it. That's what you did. On the next hole, probably you're, hopefully you're going to trust that, okay, if I just swing out and turn my whole arm, not just my hands and flip it and using my wrist, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But those are the choices that you have to make. There's a difference between, I don't know, who can we use for an example? Like any. Anyone with a handicap like 18 and above, for them, it might be like, well, my favorite club is my seven iron. So if I have a lot of obstacles in the way, and sometimes I hit my driver well, sometimes I don't, but I know my seven iron, I feel really good about this club, then just hit your seven iron three times to get to the green. Like split up the course with something that you're comfortable with. And you could do that too. You hit your seven iron far. So if you have a hold that you are always making a triple bogey on, your goal should be to bogey it by just hitting a seven iron off the tee box. So that reminds me, back in high school, after my junior year, I played in the Antigua Tour is what it was called. And they did tournaments. And so I played in, I think, five. But one of them, I could not hit my driver off the tee box. I mean, I literally was stepping on the tee box and it was just stopping it like it wasn't working. And after, um, I think the front nine, I was like, you know what? I'm going to hit my seven iron off the tee. And all I did was hit the seven iron off the tee because that was the only club working. Seven iron, seven iron, seven iron. And then I kept hitting it and then I would get bogey or double bogey. I mean, shot a (laughs) hundred. Well, and you were competing against yourself. Yeah. Right. So this was not like a tournament or anything like that because that's different, right? Like for you, hitting your driver is crucial because you would like to be a hundred yards from the pin rather than 140 because 40 yards place a huge difference in how close you can get to the hole. So that's very different. But I'm just saying as far as depending on where you are in your golf game, like if you're uncomfortable and you don't feel comfortable hitting your driver, you need to go practice it first of all to be comfortable with it. But also what you were talking about, like fears of hitting in the bunker or fears of hitting in the trees, 
then just do it. Like if you're afraid of the bunker, just aim for the bunker and hit it in the bunker because then you're going to realize like, oh, it's not the end of the world. I just hit it in the bunker. Now I got to get out. So if you keep your stats and you know, okay, like I, I'm 60 yards from the green in a bunker, then just go practice it. Like you're not going to die just because you hit it in the bunker. You know, <laughs> you're not no. going to like die because you hit it in, in the trees. No, it's okay. But I don't want you to try and make up for lost like shots or, or lost score because you're going to mess up even more. When you do that, the chances of you hitting a perfect shot are rather slim. It's asking myself, okay, how can I walk away with a bogey? Yes. When I'm in a tough situation, just yeah. either do that because sometimes I've been put in situations where I take an unplayable <laughs> because I can't get it out. But then I walk away with that worst, a double bogey. Yeah. I mean, we don't want doubles, but a double is better than having an eight. But if that eight. was the best outcome for that hole, then you made the right decision. And I was going to tell you this. So this was interesting. On Sunday, it was the LPGA Tour tournament final round. And I was watching, I think her name was Megan Kang and Jin Young Ko. They were doing a playoff because they were tied. And so they did the sun death playoff on hole 18 and Jin Young Ko hit her driver, pulled it left, and it went into a bush. And apparently, I think the announcer was saying, oh, she also did that previously or whatever. But I'm like, so there must have been something mentally because she pulled it into the bush and she had to take an unplayable. Oh, and yeah, because this is for girl, the win. This is, for the, this is the playoff. And so she took an unplayable. She's like, I can't hit out of that bush. Um, like, And it's true because it'd probably take her three shots to get out of that bush. So she took an unplayable and there was really a tree and she hit one of those, I don't know, what do you call it? Like, literally started out right and hooked back left like it was an yeah. awesome shot that it actually went into the bunker and then she had a two putt so she lost because the other girl bombed her drive and she ended up with a birdie yeah. but it was just interesting seeing an lpga player like oh hey she had to take it on playable it's not just us even yeah. the pros they are put in those situations of having to take on playables they are just not as often as we do <laughs> <laughs> But I think that's very true because what you said, like about that commentator, just like, oh, this has happened to her before. You're right. Even as a professional, we get up on the, like on the tee box and we're standing over our ball. And even if it's just like that slight thought, just we're not thinking about it, but it's just there like, oh crap, I've been in that bush before. Now that's taken over. We're going to hook it into the bush. Right. And we're like, man, I can't believe I hit it in the bush. But it happened, right? And she probably talked to her caddy and they agreed on what would be the best, like best choice to move forward from there. And I mean, that reminds me of our tournament, right? When I caddied for you and you had to take an unplayable, like you were so set on taking an unplayable. Well, I'm like, well, I think you can get it out of there. And you're like, no, 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 Like you freaked out because you're like, no, 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 no. I was in a Which, panicky state. You were in a panicky state, but that was also then the best choice that could have happened because if I was going to force you to hit it out of the bush when you're mentally checked out from that already, it's only going to get worse. So if that's how you feel, now, do I think you could have been a little more open to... <laughs> 
making a change, perhaps. <laughs> but like, you're the player. You're the one that's going to hit this ball. So if you felt like that was the best choice for you, great. Did I get any input? No. <laughs> and I do remember though, I punched it out and then I made like a 20 foot putt to save for bogey. Oh, right? was it for yes. bogey? Yeah. yeah, it was for bogey. And that's like, honestly, that was the best thing that could have happened. Yeah. You know? So yes, you're going to maybe <laughs> not have the great mindset for every single shot that you fear, but there's always going to be options and the options needs to be, okay, like a good rule of thumb is whatever situation you're in, if you are going between two clubs, two decisions, two choices, 10 golf balls with each, what 10 golf balls are going to be the better 10 golf balls? It's not one. So it's not, oh, if I hit this perfect, this is what it's going to be. And if I hit this one, not great, this is what it's going to be. No, 10. What is the average of those 10 golf balls look like? And then decide what the best option is going to be for you. All right. What's another shot that you feared? Well, it's not just me. I don't know. Maybe it's pretty average. This is when I picked up a golf club for the first time. Water. <laughs> why do we, why the water is just there? And we just, you know, oh, I don't want to hit it in the water. But there's been times, but then when we think that, then it actually happens. So it's like a waste. But I also thought about it over time. And I'm like, okay, if I commit to my shot and I do everything and it does end up in the water, I just have to be okay with that and move on and just, oh, drop a golf ball. And I could still have a chance to save for bogey. bogey. Like, see, I think I just have already... Most of the time when I'm in troubled situations, I'm thinking, oh, great. I'm already going to get a double or a triple. Mm -hmm. Like I jumped in college. Is that why? Yeah, I'm yeah. curious. I'm like, did you have blow up holes in college? Uh, I'm sure I did. I don't remember them. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm a very positive thinker. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but I do remember thinking like if I bogey the first four holes, I'm like, great. Now I'm going to shoot 76. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I have 14 holes left. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I mean, I recognize the mindset. but you also have to analyze. I think it's important to like analyze. Don't overthink it, but analyzing, okay, if it's a par three and you have water on the right side and then there's nothing on the left side and then the green is kind of like in the middle. So you would have to, if you want to get to the green, you would have to hit over the water. But even then it's like, if, if you fear that, so if not, if you're a professional, because then you need to go over the water. But think about it this way. Like for you, on that par three, and I'm thinking about hole number five on Bear Creek. Okay, so was okay. I. I was like, okay, yeah. she's referencing hole five, which yeah. we played yesterday. I yes. was like, oh, but yeah. But for you, right, you know how to draw the golf ball, which means starting a little right, ending up left, right? You can literally hit over that water and make it on the green. Because all you have to do is turn your hands. You don't have any swing thoughts. Like you don't need any of that. You just need to turn your hands and you know it's going to go left. But sometimes you get up over the ball and you just don't turn your hands. And I'm like, all you have to do is turn your hands. Like if you don't turn your hands, it's going to go right. It's in the water. It's the fact. Because I have a fear of pulling the golf ball. Yes. For turning so my you're hands. afraid. You're afraid of like pulling it left when I'm like, uh, okay. So as a beginner, <laughs> if there's like a little bit of fairway to the left on the tee box, 
you can touch your golf ball, right? Because you're putting it on the tee. So on every golf ball, everyone should look at their golf ball. There's arrows on your golf ball. So all you need to do is line up those lines or those arrows to where you want to aim. And then you just have to put your feet in the same direction. You just have to be parallel to those lines. So you don't even have to like wonder if you're aiming right or left because you already aimed yourself. And then you should be confident enough to just swing it. You're going to end up a little left, chip it on the green, two putt for a bogey and walk away. If the water scares you that much, then why even try it? And then in your practice, you're going to take 10 golf balls and you're just going to hit over that water because what is the worst thing that can happen? You're going to lose 10 golf balls. All right. Was it the wrong club choice? Am I not hitting it hard enough? Is my aim off? Like what makes me hit these 10 golf balls in the water? But most of the time it's just fear of hitting it in the water. So what is the fear? Losing the golf ball? Dying? (laughs) Losing the golf ball? (laughs) Okay. So just Uh, go in the bushes and find a new one. (laughs) Right? There's golf balls all over the place. Oh, no. I always pick up extra at Torian. I always find a golf ball every day. Someone else. Yeah. (laughs) So what is it? Money? Like, what is it? Lost a dollar and 50 cents. Yeah. (laughs) You're getting a higher score. Higher score. Well, that was your fault. Yeah. If you would have just hit it left of the water because you used the arrows on your golf ball to line up to aim, you could have made a bogey. If it scares you that much, then just don't even make it a part of the golf course. Well, it doesn't scare me as much as it has in the past. Now I don't. Now it's not really in consideration because you're more experienced. I'm more experienced, but in the past, in high school tournaments, I remember I was playing at Tucson National Golf Club for, I think it was state. I don't. I'm not sure if it was state, but on the first hole, I'm standing on the tee box. Oh my gosh, there's water on the left, and then we pull it water on the left, and I had to take a drop. But you know, high school, and when you're when you're starting into golf, I guess I feel like we're focused a lot on the hazards and what we don't want to happen. Absolutely. But now that I'm more experienced, I mean, I might be in situations where I still tense about it because oh, it's 175 and there's water all around the green. I want to get the body. Like I shouldn't be thinking that way, but sometimes it's just there. Like in the back of my mind. And we all do that. It's not like we're going to show up and be like, oh, today I'm going to think this. But if we make it intentional, right? So when you walk up on the hole, that hole in particular, and you're like, today I'm not going to think about getting in the water. Hmm, What did you just say? (laughs) I'm not going to think about getting it in the water. You're literally thinking. Don't get it in the water. (laughs) That's so bad. Yeah. (laughs) But if your intentional thought is walking up on the tee box, I'm going to hit this left. All right, let's just hit a left. Because then it just simplifies everything. Yeah, I tell I tell you guys this all the time. Fairways and greens, fairways and greens. That's all we want. If you can get it on the green, I know you can two putt. But if you miss the green, it might be an up and down, it might not be. And that's how you make bogeys. But if our focus is just fairways and greens, fairways and greens, just simplify it, that's all. I'm gonna hit the fairway and I'm hit the green. Just because you say it might not happen, but if that's your focus, at least you're eliminating a million other thoughts of, oh, there's a bush. Ah, there's a car path. Oh, there's a bunker over there. Did you see the bunny? <laughs> right? There's like so yeah. many thoughts. What did you say? 60,000 thoughts a second or something like that? Yeah. A day? Yeah. Whatever. A lot of golfers have take over that average amount of thoughts per day. 
because we're always thinking about what we don't want to do. Oh, gives me a headache when I think that much. <laughs> well, and I'm uh, always the one that has to like talk you out of those thoughts. Yes. So you give me like an extra headache. <laughs> no, kidding. But yeah, like that's why you have me, right? Because I'm supposed to be the person to tell you what to do. Because what did you say yesterday when we played? You're like, or was it two days ago? Whenever. No, yes, yeah. You're just like, man, it's so much easier when you're here. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm telling you what to do. When you walk up on your own, and this is why coaches are important, because I'm there to try and guide you to have a better mindset, simplify your golf game, simplify your brain and your activity in your brain, <laughs> and just telling you what to do. Because when you trust me, so when I tell you, okay, step up on the tee box, you're going to aim towards that tree and then you're going to draw it into the middle. Okay. That's all I have to do. Okay. But if I'm not there, what do you do? You walk up. Oh, there's a bunker to the right. There's trees to the left. There's a car path. Oh, there's a desert. What about if I aim it a little bit that way? And then, oh, I didn't turn my hand. So now it's in the second freeway. <laughs> right? There's like already like 12 more thoughts in like three seconds. Because then I feel like sometimes I'm off because then that's what we were just saying. Oh, don't don't think about that. We try and don't like, oh, I'm trying not to think about that because it's even just visual. When I was playing in the tournament last week at Torreon, one of the holes, I ended up in the fairway bunker because, oh, there's red stakes on the right. And it's not even just thinking. It's just visually seeing it. So I'm just thinking, okay, cool. I'm just going to aim a little left. But that little left turns into, oh, you really turned your hand. So now you're in the rough on the left side and you need to hit a hybrid out of that thick rough as hard as you can so you can hit the green. And then after that, oh, I don't know. So I'm I'm I feel like I don't always fear it, but I just try and get away from it, which is basically fear. I don't know. I just am put in different situations a lot in golf. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I the other day too, when we were playing, it's a par five, you hit your driver and then there's like the second shot, it's about 220 and then it drops downhill. There's a car path and then it goes up again and the green is elevated and you hit your seven wood about 190 mm -hmm. and your three wood 200, 210, 210. So Mind you, there's still room to the car path. And again, like what we talked about. So I said, what club do you want to hit? Oh, my seven wood. I'm like, why? Well, I just want to. Okay. So if you hit your seven wood, you just added another 20 yards to your pro shots, which is now taking down your percentage of hitting closer to the green and making a birdie putt, right? And so I was like, so what's scaring you from hitting your three wood? Well, I don't want to hit it right. Hmm. Okay. So is that statistically proven that you're hitting your three wood more to the right? And then you hit your seven wood and where did you hit it? Right. Right. <laughs> so in the desert. So I said, pick up your three wood and we're going to hit another one. And you hit your three wood. You didn't hit it well, but it rolled because three wood is all about distance. So even if you top it a little bit, it's still going to roll. You're still going to get the distance. And you were in the middle of the fairway. And I was only 165 from the green. Yeah. And I just missed the green. I was in the fringe. Like, yes. And that's it. Up and down made a par. Boom. But with the one in the desert, now you're getting into that shot where you're just like, oh, now I have to make up for something that I just missed. So now I'm going to go for the green. 
but then there's like bushes to the left and there's like hazards to the left. So you're like, I know I can make it from here, which is fine. We know we can make it from anywhere because our confidence is so high, which is crazy, right? Because we're fearing all this stuff. We're I, fearing the one shot, but the next shot, we're 100% confident that we're going to get that on the green in the hole. I find that so interesting because I'm putting these every time I'm in the trees, in here, like, cool, I'm going to pull off this perfect shot, but then get me 150 in the fairway. And I'm like tensing. I don't even know like, what golf is. I know. I just am like, <laughs> how do you spell about it? that? <laughs> no, but it's true, right? So then from there, again, you would take your 10 golf balls. Okay. I know I can do this, but can I do it 10 times in a row? And would the average of those 10 golf balls get me on the green or not? Does that make sense? Yes. So that's always a rule of thumb. Get your 10 golf balls. I love the confidence. Don't get me wrong. But there's just so many other things that you could have done in that situation. But because you have a fear of hitting your three wood, you made a poor choice. There's nothing to fear in golf. <laughs> there's nothing. There's a lot to fear. Yeah, in there's golf, a lot to fear, but I is it going to like the water is not moving, the bunker is not moving. Nothing is moving. It's just laying there. It's literally just sitting there. It's not moving. It's not going to come and catch your golf ball in air. You know. So the choices that you make and the fears that you make up is almost like that. That the water is going to come out of its like hole. And like place itself wherever your ball is, you know, it's not true. It's not moving. So you got to be a little more confident in, in the swings that you're making, because I think that has a lot to do with it too, that you're questioning what you're capable of, but not when you're trying to make up for something. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So any other shots that you're feared? Well, it's not my fear, but I don't know. As an instructor, what do you think other... Am I the only one that's scared? <laughs> no. Like, what do you think no. beginners, when you teach beginners and you take them out on the golf course, what is a hundreds golfer, 90s, 80s? Yeah. I mean, what their do you fear, think? Their fear is that they're going to hold up the group behind them. Their fear is that they're not good enough. Their fear is that people don't want to play with them because they're not good enough. So... I don't think the fear of like obstacles or fear of hitting a shot is there yet for a hundred golfers. I think that comes when you start actually hitting the ball better, right? When you get the ball up in the air and, and all that stuff, you move back to the, to the right tee boxes. Like I always tell my beginners, like just start in the middle of the fairway. Like you don't have to start from the tee box. So their fear is a little different. Yeah. And I see that actually a lot um, for beginner golfers. It makes sense. They don't care about water because they just want to hit the balls. Junior golfers, they mm -hmm. could care less what they score because they just want to hit the golf ball. And if they have one good shot that made their day. Yes. Dad, did you see that? Mom, did you see that? <laughs> I hit that one so far. Right. That's all they want. But a fear for, and I can only speak for myself, but like at my level, if I would go out and play, my fear is just like my reputation as a golfer in general. Like, what are people going to think of me? Because when I pull up to a tournament, they're like, oh, I get to play with a pro. Well, that's my fear. Like, what if, what if I don't, like, what if I'm not up to their standard or their expectation? So my fear is more like overall of how I feel, not like a particular shot, because my mindset is pretty good with that as far as like, okay, 
I know I can swing this, so I'm just going to do it. Whatever happens, happens. <laughs> Did you have fears in college? Yes. A little bit? Yeah, I was like, I told your... you that before yeah. about like teeing off on a par three. Oh, yeah. Because when we I was talk, so nervous. Talked in that last episode a couple yeah. episodes ago. So that's my fear. That was my fear in college. And again, like I think my fear in college was like shooting over 80 because it just wasn't acceptable. But I can't really remember like a shot because we practiced so much and it was pretty structured and like good solid practice in different types of shots. And our mindset was always fairways and greens, fairways and greens and making our best. But honestly, it's been so long. <laughs> um. I mean, I graduated in 2011, so I can't really remember. I was 10. <laughs> like, that's crazy. What year were you born? 2001. You were six years old when I moved here <laughs> and I started college. <laughs> <laughs> you were just a little itty bitty. I was a baby. You were a baby. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, I can't really remember like anything specific like that. I just remember feelings kind of but not shots in particular. So <laughs> you're sitting over here yawning. I'm sorry. <laughs> Is the heat getting to you? Are you hungry? I need my Diet Coke now. I didn't have a Diet Coke yesterday. Oh, d- oh. Did you know the golf course, they're out of Diet Pepsi. Oh my gosh. No, like my worst nightmare. <laughs> I'm like, so what do I drink now? Like, what do I do? No. So they're out of Diet Pepsi. I ran out. I drink hot tea every morning. I don't know if I told you this before, but like every morning since I was like five, I've had hot tea with milk. <laughs> Wait, really? Yes, every morning. You know my little Starbucks cup that I bring out? It's hot tea in there. Even when it's 116, I have hot oh, tea because I need it. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. So I ran out of tea and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. So I go in the golf shop or in the restaurant to get a Diet Pepsi and they're out of Diet Pepsi. And I'm like, I'm I don't sorry. know what to do I with myself. Keep, I have to keep laughing at this. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself. Like, I have to drink water? No, I don't want to drink water. <laughs> so, yes. We just need that little boost of caffeine Does right now. anyone want to sponsor us with Diet Coke? <laughs> like, send us a PM. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that will conclude our episode for today because we need to go to the gas station. I need to go get a <laughs> right Diet Coke. Now. I need a Diet Coke with vanilla from Sonic right now. <laughs> what? Diet Coke with vanilla. Mm-hmm. You should try it. It tastes okay. good. We'll yeah. go to Sonic. We'll do a Sonic trip. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, I'll see you at the course. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love for you to share the podcast. <laughs>